Blog Talk Radio. You ready? It's time to start. This should be played at high volume. This is the Andrea Shaking Show. And I'm just a gal like any other gal. That's cool. You know what this is. What is this? The Andrea Shaking Show. It's me, don't you remember? We were just talking about you. Totally amazing. Thank you. The Andrea Shaking Show. I think you've got something there. Andrea Shaking. You're really going to like it. Quite understandable. Is on the air. Something's definitely going on here. Take my word for it. Now. Come on. It's showtime. Make it so. Ready, go. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the program on this Wednesday, January 24th. Nice to be with you tonight, and nice to have you with me. Well, you know, last night, after the show was over, I um, I stayed up late, and I uh, was looking at some of the Q tweets and, you know, the Q messages and going on Twitter and reading things, and I, I, you know, I went up to go to bed, and I couldn't sleep. I was so wide awake and alert. I just, I was tossing and I was turning. It was just like, this is crazy. So um, I looked at the clock at one point and it was almost three o'clock in the morning. And I thought, well, you know, at least I don't have to get up for anything, you know, tomorrow morning. So I can just not worry about it. I'll sleep when I sleep. Well, four o'clock, I'm still wide awake. So I, I got my computer and I said, the hell with it. I'm just going to open up the computer and see what's going on in the world, see who's around, you know. So first thing I did was go over to Drudge. And, oh, my God, <laughs> Drudge had changed his page, and he had a picture of a surly-looking Mueller, Robert Mueller. And the big headline read, Collision Course, Congress Tightening Noose on Investigation." And the subheads were Goodwin, evidence suggests massive scandal brewing at FBI. Whistle, excuse me, whistleblower, held mystery, five months of missing messages. Agent texted about deleted texts, about deleting texts. I'm sorry, I'm reading, it's all tiny print right now. Jaw dropping revelations. Attorney General orders probe. Oh, wow. So I grabbed it. Did a screenshot, posted it on my Facebook, and I wrote, remember what Q wrote? The flood is coming. Emails, videos, audio, pics, etc. FBI accidentally rele- deletes texts? No such agency accidentally releases it all. Shall we play a game? So I went back to... Um, some of the messages that Q had posted. And another one that was very relevant to what the Drudge Report page was um, illustrating, a sh- the shot heard around, around the world, the Great Awakening, a week. Again, remember now, this has got Mueller's ugly <laughs> front and center on the Drudge Report page, collision course, Congress tightening noose on investigation. Oh, my goodness. Then I found another Q uh, message that matched it. So I posted that, too. And here's what it said. What would happen if texts originating from an FBI agent to several internals discussed the assassination possibility of the POTUS or member of his family? What if the texts suggest foreign allies were involved? Forget the Russia setup, one of 22. This is only the beginning. Be careful what you wish for. 
one of 22. I'm thinking, what does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know, but then there was another one that tied in beautifully with the Drudge Report, and it was, will the FBI recover those missing texts? Nothing is ever truly deleted. Your move. Q. I started clicking on the um, the subheadlines to see, okay, where, did they, where are these taking me? And one of them took me to the New York Post, Michael Goodwin's piece. This was very, very good. Short and sweet, but this, I thought, this was excellent. I, I don't know if you ever read Michael Goodwin at the New York Post. Uh, Drudge links to him quite often, and um, he's a columnist over there. Anyway, this is what he's got. He's linked to the headline that reads, Evidence Suggests a Massive Scandal is Brewing at the FBI. During the financial crisis, the federal government bailed out banks it declared too big to fail. Fearing their bankruptcy might trigger economic Armageddon, the feds propped them up with taxpayer cash. Something similar is happening now at the FBI, with the Washington wagons circling the agency to protect it from charges. This time, the appropriate tagline is, too big to believe. Yet each day brings credible reports suggesting of scandal involving the top ranks of law enforcement agency, which feature talk among agents of a secret society and suddenly missing text messages, point to the existence both of a cabal dedicated to defeating Donald Trump in 2016 and of a plan to let Hillary Clinton skate free in the classified email probe. If either one is true, and I believe both probably are, writes, it would mean I trade the nation by abusing their powers in a bid to pick the president. More support for this view involves the FBI use of the Russian dossier on Trump that was paid for by the Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee. It is almost certain that the the dossier court warrants to spy on Trump associates, meaning it used the opposition research of the party in power to convince a court to let it spy on a candidate of the other party, likely without telling the court of the dossier's political link. Even worse, there is growing reason to believe someone in President Barack Obama's administration turned over classified information about Trump to the Clinton campaign. As one former federal prosecutor put it, it doesn't get worse than that. That prosecutor, Joseph DeGeneva, listened to Monday when he did the interview with Ginny Thomas uh, at uh, Daily uh, Caller. And by the way, somebody mentioned to me that Ginny Thomas is the wife of um, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. I didn't realize that. She did a great interview with Joe DeGeneva. Anyway, uh, DeGeneva believes that Trump was correct when he claimed that Obama aides wiretapped his phones at Trump Tower. These and other elements combine to make a toxic brew that smells to high heaven. But most Americans don't know much about it. Coverage has been sparse and dismissive. And there's a blackout from the same Democrats obsessed with Russia, Russia, Russia. Partisan motives aside, it's as if a scandal of this magnitude is more than America can bear. So let's pretend there's nothing to see and move along. But thankfully, the disgraceful episode won't be washed away. 
thanks to a handful of congressional Republicans led by California Representative Devin Newsom's Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. After he accused the FBI of stonewalling in turning over records, the Bureau relented, well, at least partially. The result was clear evidence of bias against Trump by officials charged with investigating him and Clinton. Those same agents appear to have acted on that bias to tilt the election to Clinton. All roads in the explosive developments lead to James Comey, whose Boy Scout image belied a sinister belief that he, like his infamous predecessor, J. Edgar Hoover, was above the law. That's why I named him J. Edgar Comey last year. Adept at using innuendo and leaks to let everybody in Washington know they could be the next to be investigated. It goes on from there, but I want I use this as a kind of a segue into something that happened today. And I don't know if the media carried it. I did not have the TV on. I picked this up at the Conservative Treehouse. We're going to talk about it tonight with Elizabeth Christ uh, in con- Congress College <laughs> here on uh, the radio program. She's back with us every Wednesday night now, which means it's Congress College with Elizabeth Christ, who is the retired U.S. Senate uh, Secretary for the Majority. So I get, it leads me over to this article over at the Conservative Treehouse. No, this wasn't last night. This was I, I, after I read the uh, sub the sub headline links. Uh, I finally was able to get to sleep last night. I somehow felt very satisfied. It was like, ah, oh, now I can sleep. I must have been agitated, or I don't know, all wound up or something, all keyed up last night. It was uh, tossing and turning. But anyway, so today, Sundance posts this. Wow, he writes. Massive amounts of confirmation for the ongoing strategy we outlined was underway. Remember the batting order, Nunes, Grassley, Goodlatte, Horowitz. As expected, Senator Chuck Grassley, chairman of Senate Judiciary Committee, steps up to the plate following Devin Nunes. We previously outlined how Senator Chuck Grassley was directly calling the bluff of the FBI when he sent a criminal referral to the Justice Department for Christopher Steele. Much of the referral itself was redacted and withheld from public view because it was classified. Well, today, in a move with strong parallels to Chairman Nunes, who's, again, the House Intel Committee memo, Senator Grassley is asking all of his Senate colleagues to review the referral and all the attached classified documents that he and Senator Graham submitted to the Justice Department. Senator Grassley then went on the floor of the Senate to deliver remarks. It was a 17-minute long speech, if you will, that Grassley gave. It was phenomenal. I'm going to start reading it to you. I want to, what have I got for time? I want to make sure that when she joins us, we can bring her on because I sent this to Elizabeth. I said, I want to talk with you about this tonight, about the strategy of, of this. And she picked up on it right away. So I sent it over to her, and she read it, and so we'll talk about it. Anyway, to give you a heads up on this, this is a transcript from Grassley's speech. 
He says, I wanted to come to the floor today to talk about the Judiciary Committee's important oversight and investigations work over the past year. There are a lot of issues that need more sunlight and scrutiny. One of my key concerns is the loss of faith in the ability of the Justice Department and the FBI to do their jobs free from partisan political bias. The American people are rightly skeptical because of how the department and the FBI have handled the following subjects, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and his associates. Hiding from tough questions, controversial cases, is no way to reassure the public. If the department is afraid of independent oversight, that just reinforces and skepticism. The only real way to reassure people is to let the sun shine in and let the chips fall where they may. In each of these cases, the government should obviously find out what happened and hold people accountable if there was any wrongdoing. But it also has to play by the rules and be held accountable for its actions, too. We need to shine the light of day on all of it. As part of our investigation, we have requested documents and other information from the Department of Justice and the FBI. Much of that information is classified. The department has provided very limited access to those classified materials. It has limited the Judiciary Committee's review to the chair and the ranking member of the full committee and to the chair and the ranking member of the subcommittee on crime and terrorism. The government has also tried to severely limit the number of appropriately cleared staff who can review documents and take notes. We have reviewed some information related to whether the FBI used the so-called Trump dossier and the extent of its relationship with its author, Christopher Steele. As Mr. Steele was hired by Fusion GPS to research Mr. Trump's alleged ties to Russia. His work was funded by the Democrat National Committee and the Clinton campaign. Remember, it took a subpoena and a court battle with the House Intelligence Committee to force that fact out into the open. Lawyers for the DNC and the Clinton campaign officials denied it to the press for months. They lied. The founder of Fusion GPS, that was untrue. When the news finally broke, the New York Times reporters actually complained that people who knew better had flat-out lied to them about who funded Mr. Steele's dossier. But back before the 2016 election, it's unclear who knew that Steele was gathering dirt on Trump for the DNC and the Clinton campaign. Many of his sources for claims about the Trump campaign are Russian government officials. So Steele, who was working for Fusion GPS, who was working for the DNC and the Clinton campaign, who was working with the Russians. So who was actually colluding with Russians? It's becoming more clear. It goes on where he talks about basically how Senator Graham and him have come across information that just does not add up. That Christopher Steele uh, has, has said one thing and then said another and in different, different venues, different, different documents. And they want to know who's telling the truth. Who is absolutely telling the truth here? He says, fortunately, the department has agreed that it has no business objecting to our members reviewing our own work because the Department of Justice won't allow them to see what they've got. <laughs> so, they're, so, 
so uh, uh, Grassley and Graham are going to allow their members of their of their uh, committee and their staff that that's allowed to you know that's uh, got top the security clearance that allows them to see it um, appropriately cleared staff uh, to do it to to look at the memo that Senator Graham and I sent to the Deputy Attorney General that would be Rosenstein and the FBI Director and then members can make up their own minds about it. I've also encouraged them to review the committee's transcripts and other unclassified materials that have been available to them and their staffs for many months. And finally, I've encouraged them to let me know if they believe that any of that information should be made public. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, this this is this is definitely a brilliant move of strategy from Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley and Senate Judiciary Member Lindsey Graham, to send a criminal referral of Christopher Steele to the DOJ for investigation. Okay, so we're going to talk about this with Elizabeth, because I, I think that this is something that um, is right up her alley, quite frankly, and um, she can give us some insight onto the strategy of this and what they hope to uh, gain from calling the DOJ and the FBI on the fact that they won't release information that these guys need to complete their investigation. Anyway, with us tonight, joining us as she does every Wednesday night now as Congress College's Elizabeth Christ. She's the retired U.S. Senate Secretary for the Majority, and she joins us tonight. Elizabeth, good evening. Hey, Andrea. Yeah, you are right. There, there There's a lot to talk about and a lot to sort of puzzle through, but the 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 uh the move i guess by senator grassley and senator graham and some of the others is really really clever um because basically the justice department has tied their hands or they think they have tied their hands and you know what would be interesting if we see this being taken even a step further mm-hmm. which would be a vote on the senate floor now the vote w- is not enforceable that means if they were to vote a sense of the Senate resolution that the Department of Justice should cooperate as best it can or however they would word it with respect to the investigation of the, um, the dossier or however they would word it, it, it's not forcible. I mean, there's nothing that the Senate can do to make it the Department of Justice do one thing or the other necessarily, unless you say no funds, which I think is a little extreme, but – the point of what Senator Grassley and Senator Graham are doing is to try to get every every member of the Senate on record. In other words, if they tell them, we're going to give you as much documentation as we have, we're going to assign a certain number of staffers from your, from your personal staff or committee staff that have the um, authorization to look at it so you can discuss it with them, then they can't stay neutral. Think about it. The, the Democrats that might want to stay neutral because it might in, implicate a lot of old Justice Department folks and current folks that work for the Obama administration, or it might implicate some people very, very high up in the Justice Department, they can no longer say, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's so he, part of this. Go ahead. I I'm see. Sorry. 
Well, I was going to ask, so, so well, Grassley and Graham, but Grassley was the spokesperson today, essentially what they're saying is they want to be able to give all of this information. They want the Department of Justice to respond to their request for information that they and their entire committee can look at and then decide uh, if they, to, by vote, if they want to show this to the entire Senate body. Correct. Much they in could, the same that's way that, another step. That's mm-hmm, another step mm-hmm. that they could take. Now it would be redacted. There would be a lot of things taken out of it. But you would, they would, they, the Senate would get the gist of it. They, the United States senators individually, would get the gist of what some of this documentation stands for. And it would certainly point to some of the people that I think, you know, a lot of the media and, and a lot of us are speculating are probably in. Some of these documentations as far as uh, the level of the Department of Justice, the level of the FBI that was involved in mm-hmm. putting together and, and knowing about the dossier, knowing that it was fake or knowing that it was fabricated and and then using it for FISA warrants and all of that. It's such an abuse of government power. It's weaponizing mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. government. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. I mean, it's. Well, it's, remember yes. when Lois Lerner went after certain political groups because of how they thought, what they yeah. thought about? Yeah. That, that was a weaponizing of our IRS. This yes. Is, this is the same thing, only in some terms, in some ways, this is a whole lot worse because these are law enforcement people. Yeah. Now, you can yeah. make the case that the IRS were supposed to be law enforcement, but in, in the department that she actually used, they were, they were sort of a, Pencil pushers and authorizers, which in some ways are law enforcement, but regardless, it's the same thing. They the, right. obviously the Obama administration got real pretty good at weaponizing various agencies. Yes. We know they did yeah. it with the EPA, the Environmental yeah. Protection Agency. Yeah. So uh, this may just be another chapter in that, but this is going to be so egregious because they're law enforcement officials. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is that this this matches what Devin Nunes is doing with that four-page memo. He's trying to get that uh, – the he sent it off to the Department of Justice to get the approval from the DOJ to be able to, to make sure – to vet it, to make sure there wasn't anything in that memo uh, that could – uh, you know, endanger anybody, okay? And what the DOJ did was they kicked it down to the FBI. Well, that's like the fox mm-hmm. guarding the hen house. The FBI saying, "Oh no, no, you can't, you can't uh, 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 let this go." As a matter of fact, I think that Grassley even mentions it. I believe he does. Um, where it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> there's nothing here that that is classified in the in the things that we've mentioned. In fact. Um, Attorney General, uh, uh, Assistant Attorney General Rosenstein talked with me about it on the phone in an unsecure location. Uh, if that's the case, then, then, you know, it can't be that classified. Right, and I think he also referenced some of it's been seen in the media. Yeah, let me so see. I've, it's, got, I've got it. Oh, go I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought because I'm going to read the part where he says this. Okay, yeah, I think he does reference that some of it mm-hmm. was referenced in media outlets, and he mm-hmm. does actually mm-hmm. mention having mm-hmm. phone calls, yep. and the phone calls yep. were not on secure lines. There was no, oh, heads up, we're going to be talking about, let's switch I, lines, or let's exactly. decode, or yeah. there was none of that. And if you've got yeah. that, it would be great. To yeah, yeah. And, and Let again, me go ahead. I'm sure you teed it up. This is a chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the United States Senate. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. So he says, okay, he says, now, I wish I could talk more openly about the basis for our referral and other concerns, but right now that information is largely classified. It is controlled by the Justice Department. As I said, the department has permitted only the chair and ranking of the full committee and the subcommittee on crime and terrorism and limited numbers of their cleared staff to see the underlying documents. I have been pushing for the department to provide the same access to other Judiciary Committee members and their appropriately cleared staffs, but the department refuses to provide that access or even to brief the other members on the underlying information. Fortunately, the department has agreed that it has no business objecting to our members reviewing our own work. So um, I have encouraged our committee members and their appropriately cleared staff to do that. And look at the memo that Senator Graham and I sent to Deputy Attorney General and FBI Director. Members can then make up their own minds about it. And then he says, um, wait a minute, he says, I have, uh, I have already... I have already been pushing the department to review the classified referral memorandum to confirm the memo's classification markings so that we can release the unclassified portions as soon as possible. But now the department has deferred to the FBI, and the FBI is falsely claiming that three of our unclassified paragraphs each contain the same single classified fact. Now, that surprised me. Because those particular paragraphs are based on non-government sources and do not claim to repeat or confirm any information from any government document. Even if those portions of our referral did reference the allegedly classified fact at issue, it's hard to understand why that fact should be classified. First, the Deputy Attorney General has discussed the fact at issue with me more than once in an unsecure space and on an unsecure phone line. Second, the FBI is not acting as if this information would harm national security if released. FBI never notified the entities copied on the memo's transmittal, for example, including the Inspector General and the Intelligence Committees, to ensure that fact was protected as classified. If FBI really believed this fact was classified, then the FBI and the department should take better care to act consistent with that belief. Unfortunately, I suspect something else is really going on here. It sure looks like a bureaucratic game of hide the ball rather than a genuine concern about national security. I am pressing this issue with Director Ray, and I hope that we can provide this information to the public as soon as possible. I think that that was pretty pointed. Very if pointed. And the, fact if that, and the fact that he makes it makes the case several times, that he's had several conversations, and, and this mm-hmm. is literally hide the ball. Let's kick the yep. can to someone else. And let's say, oh no, we can't let this out. Oh no, it's it's too sensitive. It's too too much security there. Only a handful of top 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 senators can see it, and a handful of top 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 staff. You know, so so by doing this, by sending this off to um, the Department of Justice, and to um, well, ca- calling essentially calling their bluff, calling the FBI's bluff. Mm-hmm. Uh, by sending this criminal referral to the Justice Department uh, for Christopher Steele uh, on the basis of the fact that they've got uh, uh, contradictory evidence that Steele made different statements. Who's telling the truth? Is it the FBI? Is it Christopher Steele? We want to get to the bottom of this. Um, 
the strategy involved in this, you uh, mentioned to me when we were talking about this earlier, you, you said, I, I see what he's doing. Tell us what he's doing here. It, it, this is the same thing as if you and I think that there's an illegal act going on in our neighborhood, so we go to the police department. And we file a complaint. We, we give them the heads up that we believe something nefarious is going on, and we are asking that they investigate. That's what this is. That opens a case. That means that they've got to go and start putting documents together that other people are going to see. Various other courts or venues will see it. More people will be exposed to it. And that can make even more determination that, A, this is classified. No, there's nothing classified about it. As a matter of fact, a a lower court is going to hear it, which doesn't hear classified information. It's another way of outing it, using the system to out the system, if you will, Mm -hmm. the system that they're Mm -hmm. hiding behind right now. I'll say it that Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. It's a way to open the door to the system that, that apparently the Justice Department is trying to hide behind right now or hide the documents behind right now. I mean, is it the Justice Department or is it the FBI? I wonder. Looks like I it's wonder. the FBI. It, it looks like yeah. if, the ref- if, if, if the referral of Congressman Nunez's request to release some documentation was kicked to the FBI and the FBI, FBI say, no, 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 too sensitive, could get people in trouble, could put people in harm's way, that seems to me the FBI hiding the ball. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Justice well, that, Department would know right, that. Right, 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 and, and I think that's what Grassley is saying here. That 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 mm-hmm. Grassley's saying that they're they're high. Let me read this this portion to you. And this is um this this would be the conservative treehouse's um uh, interpretation of it. The FBI is attributing claims to the meetings with Christopher Steele that do not match known evidence about the Steele dossier and use therein. Okay, there. Remember what Senator Graham said recently about his review of the evidence surrounding the Steele dossier and how it was used by the FBI in gaining the FISA warrant. What Grassley and Graham are doing now is forcing the DOJ to reconcile the conflicts between the FBI presentations to the Judiciary Committee about the origin of and their use of the Steele dossier against known evidence. Someone is Mm -hmm. lying. Graham and Grassley Mm -hmm. know the motive to lie about the Steele dossier does not necessarily belong to Christopher Steele. Why would he lie? The motive is within the corrupt FBI. And in order to accurately prove ownership of the falsehoods, Grassley and Graham are saying, if what the FBI says is true, then Chris Steele is lying because the evidence Mm -hmm. doesn't support what the FBI previously said to us and attributed to Christopher Steele. In other words, as you said, Grassley and Graham are calling the bluff of the FBI, putting them on on the mark. Exactly, because, again, going back to the scenario of we believe the neighbor was doing something wrong, if mm-hmm. investigating that neighbor, you really find out who is the doing the wrongdoing. And you will honestly know it's not the neighbor, but it's the neighbor's cousin or something. I'm trying to make a, a story out of something that might get too convoluted. The bottom line is they know if they launch an, if they launch if they ask the local police, which in this case is the Department of Justice, to launch a criminal investigation on steel. Why did he say one thing when you told us he said another? That's how you reported it to us. 
They're either going to have to make up a whole bunch of documentation on Steele, make him out to be a liar in multiple ways, or <laughs> it's going to become pretty obvious that Steele was telling the truth, and they were lying when referencing his actions to them in committee. <laughs> this is beautiful. I mean, they've set the trap. They've set the – oh, and by the way – a Twitter a tweet came out uh, tonight. True Pundit tweeted it that um, uh, Obama is lawyered up. It's official. He has lawyered up. Really? Uh, I'm looking for the tweet right now. Yes, I'm looking for it. Um, when I find it, I'll 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 yell out to you. But yeah, yeah. Okay. He says it, yeah, it's it's uh, it, the insiders know he's he's lawyered up. Officially lawyered up as of today. Oh, I know what it was. No, it was uh, yeah, it was on. Um, it was Q. It, Q. Q and on. Here it is. It says today, former President Barack Hussein Obama formally retained counsel. So does I'm it say who the counsel is? No, no, but there's a clue there that says nine slash ww, and so all of the you know the, the the people who are trying to figure out what you know what this means is they're thinking maybe it's the ninth. Biggest law firm worldwide nine slash ww. That's just one of the one of the things they're throwing out there, you know, as a possibility. We don't know yet, but and the media is going to protect Obama. But you know, it's going to come out if he's if he's formally retained counsel. That means uh, something's happening here. I wonder if it's Covington and Berlin, where Eric wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised. Would not be surprised. Yeah. And, now, and I don't know how, and you would think that Eric Holder would have to recuse himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of which, Eric Holder tweeted the following today. He says, um, this, this guy is so arrogant. He says, responsibility of attorney general to protect DOJ components from political pressure, not to be a part of that pressure. Chris Ray understands that. FBI filled with people who do their jobs in a non-political way, including Andy McCabe, <laughs> to which Thomas Paine, who is he's Thomas Paine is the guy who's provided the inside information to Ron Johnson, Senator Ron, uh, Ron Johnson mm-hmm. of Wisconsin. I'm I'm absolutely convinced of it because Paine has been he's been breaking stories left and right. And I have to laugh because I'm watching Hannity, and he's got Sarah Carter on there. Now, she's a paid uh, 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 contributor now. She's not with Circa anymore. I guess Fox made her a better offer, which I don't blame her. I'd take it, too. But um, the the stuff that she's putting out there is like, hello, those of us who've been following this, we've known this stuff for like weeks. Anyway, Thomas Paine, mm-hmm. who himself is an insider, he, I believe, is the one who, who has clued in uh, Ron Johnson. But anyway, he he retweeted Eric Holder's tweet with his own comment that says, are you beginning to see who effed up the FBI and DOJ first? Look no further mm-hmm. than this career liar. He's not off the hook either. They go Rico on this crew. Holder will be attorney shopping too. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. You know, but, you know, as we talked about at the beginning of this, weaponizing our federal government, weaponizing Mm. agencies is uh, it's beyond reproach. And, uh, you know, Eric Holder being sounding smug in my mind, 
that, of course, we know that the Department of Justice has many, many, many good career people. Of course, we know mm-hmm. that the FBI has many, 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 many sure, thousands and thousands sure. of good agents. Absolutely. That's not what this is about. No, not, not at, at all. all. We know the IRS has thousands of people that are good-minded, yeah. yeah. good government yeah. employees. That was not what Lois Lerner and that whole investigation no. was about. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, and the people who are working in the rank and file, they they are they hate this because they sure. see. In, in fact, they're the ones agency. that are they're the ones that are leaking and blowing the whistle to the people who who can do something about it by publicizing it by putting some sunshine on it. People like Sundance at the Conservative Treehouse, Thomas Paine at, at True Pundit. I mean, these guys, and even George Webb, these guys have been, they are so connected with the rank and file who know what's going on. And they're right. the ones, they're, they're like, oh, please help us, help us, because the, it is so corrupt. I can't do my job. It's so corrupt. So, right. yeah. And the, these agencies are, are vital to our country. They're vital Absolutely. to our Absolutely. And so he we says, have to restore the respect of each one of them. Yeah, yeah. Another tweet from Thomas Paine. He's uh, retweeting a, 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 a Twitter from Mike Levine. Mike Levine, I guess he's from uh, ABC News. He tweeted, Scoop, ABC obtains the full text message between FBI officials referencing a secret society within FBI. Was it in jest? Question mark. And then he's got the link to the ABC News uh, article on it. And Thomas Paine retweets it saying, Deep State running scared, calling in ABC mm-hmm. News to take some heat off the FBI cartel. Hashtag secret society. This secret society, Paine wrote about it last spring when, when um, what's his name, Andrew McCabe, right after the election, Andrew McCabe got about 16 of his top lieutenants together in a room. And they were they were they were talking, and McCabe said, first we're going to f Flynn, use the f word, and then we're going to f Trump." This was told to Thomas Paine by somebody who was there, who said that mo- most of the guys, most of the people that were there laughed. Ah, ha, ha. He said, but there were uh, there were a scattering of them that didn't find it funny. Now, I don't know what a mm. scattering means. It could be one, it could be two, who knows. But they went straight to Thomas Paine and told him. He's been writing about what's been going on with the FBI for months, for months. And so I have to kind of chuckle when I'm watching, you know, if I if I catch the, the replay of the Hannity show uh, and I see, you know, Sarah Carter up there and, you know, she's all excited and her, her eyes are here blinking a mile a minute and, you know, good good for her. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you're behind the curve. You're so behind mm-hmm. the curve. I don't know why Hannity doesn't get these guys on that know who are who who have insiders that know what's going on and can blow this thing wide open. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Hannity's doing the best he can given the circumstances he's got to work with within Fox. Because I That could be they could want too many checks and balances for the um for the information and and a, a, a Thomas Paine can't give them that can't re- reveal sources so it the, could it's be. not it it could be that it could yeah. be something like yeah. that I don't know but I don't but know. Uh, but let but let me ask you this though uh, is a Sarah Carter and I don't mean to be singling her out but is a Sarah Carter somebody who will reveal her sources in order to get on the air? Yeah, you see what question. I'm saying? 
Or so, I mean, what makes just, is she able to say I got this from multiple sources and they they start at the hill and one is at this and without revealing names? Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, yeah. I mean, that doesn't make it any different than these online no. guys who are, you know, breaking this stuff. I mean, I'm telling you, the stuff that he's he's put out there, I've shared it with the listeners. They're pretty pretty well coached up about this. Um, it, it's it, this doesn't come as any news. This the secret society it does exist. They're, right. they're trying. I I heard them tonight trying to pass it off. We, some some guy was being interviewed on Fox, and he says, "Well, you know, if he's a former FBI guy. Well, people, you know, they get together offline and go and have a few beers, and you know, I mean, you know, that's I don't. Well, I wouldn't call that a secret society. No, that's not what we're talking about. There really is a secret society, and and the people who are in it are the top." echelon of the FBI including Mueller he he right. may and not be the part of it is, yeah go, go ahead. ahead I'm sorry I uh, no I'm the, doing all the talking the, I shouldn't do it the assumption is that that if they go out and have a beer that's not the problem the problem is with beer in hand or not with beer in hand if they are affecting agency policy or procedures mm-hmm. negatively mm-hmm create a certain outcome well yeah that's that's yeah. weaponizing an agency yeah oh yeah here 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 it is right here as reported march 2017 march a year ago by true pundit mccabe openly threatened president trump and then national security advisor general mike flynn saying first we f flynn and then we f trump to several high-ranking fbi bosses who cheered his comment uh, McCabe, the second highest ranking FBI official, emphatically declared at the invite only gathering with raised voice, F. Flynn, and then we F. Trump, according to direct sources. Many of his top lieutenants applauded and cheered such rhetoric. A scattered few did not. This was one of several such meetings held in seclusion among key FBI leaders. Since Trump was elected president, FBI sources confirm at the congregation where McCabe went off the political rails and vowed to destroy Flynn and Trump, there were as many as 16 top FBI officials inside intelligence sources said no lower level agents or support personnel were present. And, you know, that's comforting to a certain extent. And the reason I say that is the the the. The nuts and bolts, the guts of the agency agencies, I believe, are pure. It's yeah. these top yeah. politicos. Yep. Yep. That, that and I tell you, removed. I think I think that Chuck Grassley and um, Lindsey Graham and Devin Nunes know this. They know this. Mm-hmm. They they mm-hmm. know. They probably know. I don't want to say. I, I mean, I, I, I don't. I have no way of knowing if they know more than I do. But I would say that they. I probably know a lot of what they know, just by mm-hmm. just by researching and reading from people like this guy who does not use his real name because he doesn't want to uh, endanger in, in the people that are giving him this information. As soon as he lets his name out, they're going to know. He used to be sure. with the NYPD. He was he was inside. And he worked with the. Um, the uh, New York uh, FBI headquarters. He he worked with these guys all the time, so he knows them. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with uh, the guy that used to call that called himself Miss, uh, Mr. Hudson. He used to be on with Jason Goodman. I mean, he he 
was with the Department of Homeland Security overseas. He's the one that knows how this whole uranium ca- uh, cartel works. And he, he, he laid it all out more than once to George and to Jason. And we, I watched the videos and I was like, oh, my God. And that, you know, mm-hmm. that whole uranium situation, that, that actually reaches right down to where I live in Cape Canaveral, right a mile away at Port Canaveral. That Gulf Tainer operation that was approved by uh, uh, Mir Amin, Amin, I guess his name is, uh, who was the, the head of um, the CFIUS thing at the time, that, mm-hmm. that they're saying that there's uranium going in and out of this port. And and today. to take well, I don't even know if it's today. It might very well be. And the Navy's involved in it. Guys in the Navy too. Oh my mm. gosh, this has such long tentacles. And and uh, Mitch McConnell in Kentucky, there's there's some kind of an operation there. It was legit. It was a uranium refining facility. They, they've turned that around into something bad. Does Mitch McConnell know about it? One would have to think he does. Same thing in Alabama with Jeff Sessions. So there's there are question marks all over the place about how how much do these guys know? Now, you know this that guy that was just indicted on the, um, the the uranium trucker. I can't remember his name right now. He was just indicted last week. Eleven counts. He's part of it. He was he was right, hauling wonder- the stuff. <laughs> right, so I wonder. I mean, he's he's probably got a few names that he can he can spill mm-hmm. to help protect him and, mm-hmm. and, and give him a little oh, yeah. cover. Help oh, yeah. him out, make his sentence oh, a yeah. little lighter or his exactly. charges a little lighter. So they they they'll squeal all the way up the, up all the way up the line. It'll eventually get to somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If if the guy isn't killed first. You know, the Clintons have this this awful habit of of causing suicides, you know, gun gunshot to the back of the head. And 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 really people have put together lists just here in Florida, down in Miami, people who were involved in the illicit visa, uh, obtaining illicit visas Mm -hmm. to 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 bring over people to drive these trucks and be involved in all of this, uh, you know, chicanery. These people, uh, if they if they stepped out of line, they ended up dead on a beach. Mm. Two two lawyers, mm. two two corrupt lawyers. Uh, you know, I, and I, I'm kind of getting off the beaten path here. But what I'm, I guess, my point is, is that what we see Congress doing is it. Yes, it's the right thing, but they're they're this is bigger than Congress. Their, their hands are tied. They're boxed in by, by rules, regulations. They've got to go through these procedures. They've got to do this. They've got to do that. I mean, just look at Grassley. He sends it over to the DOJ. DOJ kicks it over to the FBI. Right, and then it gets buried. It right. gets buried. But you know what would be interesting is if presumably Grassley, this is the beginning of his march towards getting the answers out, getting the real evidence out. There's other ways he can do it. He can keep pushing this button, but he can also, let's take it a step further. Remember that the shutdown of the federal government has been averted, and they went back to work as of Monday, mid-afternoon, all to have it happen potentially all over again February 8th because that's when the funding mechanism runs out of money. 
Yeah, let's so talk about that. Means that. that every federal <laughs> agency, every government agency, is going to run out of money again on February 8th. Senator mm-hmm. Grassley could stand on the floor and say, I object to extending that period past February 8th unless, mm-hmm. unless this document is released or I will object to giving the Department of Justice money. I'll object mm-hmm. to having them have any kind of funds to do with fill in the blank. There are a lot of ways he could do this to really call attention to it. And I don't put that past him. Senator mm-hmm. Grassley is the one that outed the Reagan administration as, the, as far as their Department of Justice paying $1,000 for hammers. He's not <laughs> above, mm-hmm. or it, it, don't put it past him. Yeah. It, it doesn't, yeah. In other words, po- politics don't play in his field. Right and wrong are what he marches to. Well, this that's that's encouraging. Trump administ- Yes, this is the Trump administration. Presumably, most of this is is bled over from the Obama administration. But I'm telling you, Senator Grassley doesn't care if it's Trump administration, Obama administration. Again, mm-hmm. he called out the Reagan administration when President Reagan was at one of his highest popularity points, and it was big egg on their face. Big yeah, I'm egg sure. On face when, I'm sure. When the Department of Justice was called out for spending thousands and thousands and thousands, you remember the toilet seats and those kind of things that oh, were yeah. coming up. Oh with yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Senator Grassley's the one that outed all of that. That's what I got see. him to be Mr. Oversight. Was I see. He had one staffer yeah. that was just diligent on all of this. Well, what happened? And that to has him become now? his mo. I'm what sorry? happens to him? Uh, 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 given all of that, what happens now when he is faced with um, pushback from the Democrat members of his own committee? Just like Nunes if is. The, if the Democrat members, uh, 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 there's nothing really to object to right now. He's asking requests of agency. So mm-hmm. the Democratic mm-hmm. members couldn't object to that. Yeah, I mean, it's right. a simple request. Any senator can write a letter requesting whatever they want from an agency. It would be if, – if this is what I would do if I were the chairman of the committee. And if they start making noises, if they start saying we're going a little above and beyond, we're pushing too hard, Chuck, can you scale it back a little bit? I'd scale it up further. I'd offer an amendment on the floor. Maybe, as, as I started out, maybe it's a sense of the Senate – that the Senate of the United States believes the Department of Justice should make all documents dealing with the dossier, blah, 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 that aren't deemed a security threat or aren't deemed as secure as a blah, 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 that they be made a part of the um, public record, have mm-hmm. a roll call vote on that. How does mm-hmm. a Democratic senator vote against that? How does a Republican no, senator, yeah. how does any senator vote against that? You're putting yeah. all these caveats in there, and as long as it's not a disclosure of something confidential, as long as it's this, as long as it's that, that gives momentum to the Department of Justice. Well, we've got to do something because 98 senators just told us that's what they want us to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they've got to get them on the record about this, definitely. And, and well, we see what's happening with Nunes and his, his committee. The Democrats, they don't, they, they're pushing against even getting this memo released, and they won't even go in and take a look at it. They won't even go in right. and read it. Well, None of the Democrats have. What's the, what's yeah, the strategy? What's the advantage to that? Well, the advantage is so they can plead, plead ignorant. If something were to happen, if people's names were to get out, if heads were starting to roll, they could 
put their hands on their cheeks and go, oh, my, I knew nothing about this. I'm as shocked as the next guy. I am appalled. This is horrible. Wow, I knew nothing about it. They can keep that innocent glow about them and not have to take a stand if they don't ever look at it. If they look at it and then say nothing, you could then say, well, well, wait a minute. What what are you doing? You knew about this and did nothing about it, so they're going to try to stay as innocent as possible. I can see something on the House of Representatives on the line along the lines of what Grassley is doing. The more yeah. people that know, the more people that can't bury their heads in the sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if Paul Ryan is going to go along with this as the speaker. I wonder I wonder where he is on this. If I were him, I would stay out of it right now. You don't want it to be politicized to the point where, look, the speaker's even gotten into it. It's nothing but a Republican witch hunt. You don't uh, I, would, okay. I would keep him low. Low profile, uh-huh. if he gets asked, they're my chairman. They know their their committee of jurisdiction. I'm letting them exercise their rights as chairman. That's what I let them do. I don't want to put my finger on every committee and every chairman's decision mm-hmm. as to do X, Y, or Z. I, we mm-hmm. put our, our, our faith and our trust in our chairman, and that's their committee of jurisdiction. That's their expertise. That's how they became chairman of committees. End of story. Yep. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I can see that, definitely. Huh. So I think this is just the beginning. I guess is my point. This is the beginning, and Grassley doing this on the floor could be helping Nunez in the House. Give him a little yeah. backbone to take yeah. it a step further. Take it out of your committee. Take it over mm-hmm. your committee. If your mm-hmm. committee's stalling, then jump over them. Jump over them. <laughs> There's bound mm. to be jurisdictions in their judiciary, House Judiciary Committee. Give part of it to the Judiciary Committee. Have the chairman of that, I believe it's Goodlatte, have the chairman of that committee start making similar noises. Bang the drum. Make a drum yeah. beat. Yeah. This can be a and, drum beat from all sorts of uh, organizations. I would get police and law enforcement organizations to say, we deserve to know. Mm, we deserve mm, to know. We deserve mm-hmm, to see it. Mm-hmm. And Goodlad has nothing to lose because he's already he's said retired. he's leaving. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So he right. can he can he's pull put, whatever. He's, exactly. He has been a pit bull for his Virginia district for many, many other times. He's a little bit of a version of a Chuck Grassley. He wants to get to the bottom of things. If he believes a wrong has been committed, he wants to get to the bottom of it. He's a little he's very persistent with with that role of his chairmanship. So I can see this empowering the chairman of the Judiciary Committee on the House side and helping mm-hmm. Congressman Nunez of the Intelligence mm-hmm. Committee. Wow, look what the Senate's doing. We ought mm-hmm. to echo it on this side of the building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of uh, related, but not exactly. Um, President Trump is saying that, um, sure, he'll sit down and talk with Mueller under oath, and everybody's going, Oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Do you think here's here's my here's my take on it. And I want to get your impression of it. I, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that he's he's saying he's saying that he's going to he's saying that I'll do it under oath, kind of staring down Mueller as Drudge put on his page. But I think that his legal counsel won't let him and he knows it. Or they're, 
they're going to make the rules so stringent that it's going to tie Mueller and, and his people in knots. What do you think? I think uh, a combination of both of those. It is that I'll do it, and I'm going to let my legal team work it out. So now everybody is all excited or panicked, whichever side panicked. of the, the, the playing yeah. field that you're on. Well, the right. Democrats would be all excited. They would be thrilled oh, yeah. to death. Oh, we're finally going to get him. He's going to trip on his tongue. He's going to yep. say something boneheaded, or he's going to get himself in trouble by tripping on his tongue or saying too much, because we know the president has a tendency. We think he has a tendency. I'm not sure most of it isn't isn't self-imposed and done on purpose, but that's for mm-hmm. the whole conversation. <laughs> but you've got the Democrats cheering to the point where Mueller's going to have to do this now. But let's 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 think about it as your second half of the of your explanation. What if the legal team only agrees to do this if Mueller can only ask him is the sky blue or the sky pink? In other words, nonsensical, nothing burger questions. Uh, so that the whole interview turns out to be nothing, and that's how Trump can clear his name. Aha, aha. It's got to be. It's got to be one or the other because, really, I mean, Trump, he, the art of the deal. I mean, look what he did right. with Schumer. <laughs> right. I was just going to say he kind of did this with Schumer. He called him down to the White House. Mm-hmm. And that Schumer obviously did not have an end game. You know, when you start these shutting downs of the federal government or shutting down agencies or putting holds, I'm going to even lessen it to something as simple as putting a hold on a major nomination for a major agency or department, an assistant secretary or a cabinet level position for that matter. The question always asked, I've asked it a million times when senators would say that's what they want to do. Okay, Senator, I'm happy to help you with that. To what end? What's Mm -hmm. your end game? Mm-hmm. Because that's where the leader wants to know. Because he he wants to puzzle through it and go, that end game stinks. I'm not playing it with him or her. Or I'll help them. Or how can we help them get through this, etc. He wants to know the end game before the beginning game even starts. To what end? I think Chuck mm-hmm. Schumer was called completely. Well, I know he was called completely off guard when he was called to go down at the White House. <laughs> but that created I so what? Too. What did that create? An expectation mm-hmm. that Schumer is going to come in and save the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get what Big he sheriff. wants. <laughs> yep. Get what he wants and be able to report back to his people that he got what he wants and he solved all the problems. Uh-huh. And basically, Trump said, go work it out. You're a member of Congress, <laughs> you're the leader of the Democrats. Go talk to the Republican leader of the Senate. Go work it out. And threw the ball right back in his court. And then the president proceeded to say, oh, by the way, I'm not negotiating anything until the government's back open. Period. Yep. So it it literally tied Schumer's hands. He had no choice but to open up the government or to vote to open up the government again. So, So given all of that, what happens next in February when the CR expires? They are they got an agreement from the Republican leader. This is this is the best they got as far as the Democrats and their face saving. They got an agreement that the Republican leader would offer a DACA-type piece of legislation, some kind of 
status for those for those kids that were brought to this country not on their own volition but by their parents and now mm-hmm. are, are grown ups by all senses, eighteen or older, and are trying mm-hmm. to become responsible members of society, whether it's doctors, military, just go to college in general, whatever, whatever, and they're struggling because they are being hit with they're not legally in this country and they're getting to the point in their life they need to be to take the bigger steps to buy the house to buy the car you know what i mean you can be illegal mm-hmm. and be 10 and it never hurt you it's hard to do that 18 19 20 and want to be something in this country a homeowner at best at least you know what i mean so it, it, there has to be something done. I think most American people believe that. Does it put them? Does it mean cut in line in the immigration line with all the other people that have been in line? I mean, my opinion is no. Don't let, let, allow them to cut to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. But give them a path. Maybe it's a different path. Maybe it's a not quite the same um, citizenship. Maybe they have to earn a little more of it as adults. I don't know. I, I'm not an immigration lawyer, and I don't right. pretend to right. try to write legislation. <clears throat> But the point is, something will come up on the Senate floor, and they will simply debate it. There's no guarantee it'll ever pass. There's no guarantee there's 60 votes for anything, anything. Mm -hmm. The only Mm -hmm. thing Mitch McConnell said is, I'll I'll bring a bill to the floor, which Mm -hmm. he was going to do anyway, because when the president said he was going to dispose of the regulation that the Obama administration created to protect these DACA children, Mm -hmm. that regulation president trump said in september i'm going to leave it in place but i'm going to take it out of circulation i'm going to end it in other words in march so Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen of congress it's september now you guys need to figure this out bring me a bill you guys figure out what you can pass yeah i'll be in the process my guys and gals will be helping you out and and encouraging you on what I would like to see, but go do your work and bring it back to me in in March. And the bottom line is they didn't do anything. They did not do anything. So Chuck Mm -hmm. Schumer basically says nobody's protecting the DACA kids. I have to. Well, Chuck, where were you in September? Where were you in October? Where were Mm. you in November? Where Mm -hmm. were you in December? Why Why did hair on fire have to happen in January like you're going to ride in on your white horse and save these illegal immigrant children who are now adults. Why did this happen, and why did you have to hold the federal government hostage? You could have done what basically what Mitch McConnell says he's going to do. You could have teed up a bill in September, in October, in November, in December. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You tried to hold the federal government hostage and then could not honestly answer the question, to what end? Yeah, I don't think he had an end game. Honestly, no. I don't think he had an end game. I, you know, and he, he threw it in there. I mean, it was like this wasn't even part of the CR. It had nothing to do with funding the government. It was just, where the hell are you coming You know, from left field with this thing? You know, what, this is... It's not even relevant. It's not germane to what we're doing. Right. right. And, and, you know, here's the problem. I think the extreme side of the Democratic Party, the uber, uber, uber left, Mm -hmm. have seen the immigration issue for years as a steady fundraising issue. They believe that it's a good source of both. We know that. 
Mm-hmm. They they use and abuse the immigration issue continually as a source yeah. of votes. We'll protect the uh, Spanish community. We'll protect the Latino community. We're the guys that are going to protect the Asian community. You've got to look to the Democratic Party because we are your protector. Yet they don't. They don't do no. anything but, but basically <laughs> take them hostage. But what they miscalculated on, in my view, when you – Take hostages, first of all, Americans in general, we can take banks hostage, we can take industries hostage. I know we, those are people also to a certain extent, but we don't look at them that way. We can mm-hmm. create them as the boogeymen, as the, bad, as the bad actors by just calling them big industry, but that's mm-hmm. okay. But we don't like to take human beings hostage, and doctor mm-hmm. children are human beings. Mm-hmm. We pity yeah. Government workers who are human beings against DACA, undocumented um, uh, dreamers, if dreamers. you will. Those are yeah, yeah. human beings. We pitted one human being against the other. Well, I'll say mm, mm, humor mm. did. That's distasteful mm. to us in general. Yep. Bad yep. choice of hostages. Yep. I thought he was. Hostages. I thought he was supposed to be so smart. You know, I, Schumer. I, I don't. I, to me, he's the met his match with in, Trump. The money clouds his judgment all the time. He's a Wall Street money guy. New York is where his bread is buttered. He be, he rose to fame, Andrea, by tapping the Wall Street and the big fat cats in New York. He's the senator from New York. So mm-hmm. he has a steady stream of that money coming in, and that means that money people are talking to him all the time. So it sort of clouds his judgment. Another miscalculation of to what end, he also pitted all of these against our beloved military. Oh, yes. So shutting down the federal government was hurting our military. We love our yep. military. Yep. We, the American people, love our military. Mm-hmm. We stand for them almost over anybody else. Mm-hmm. And he also took them hostage. So he took these three uh, human being pots of people and pit them yep. all against each other. It just yep. was a recipe for disaster oh, from no kidding. the get-go. Yeah. It really, really was. Yeah. And you know now they're not letting him sleep. There was an article in the uh, American Mirror saying that um, <laughs> it's got pictures. It was tweeted. Uh, it was all over Twitter. Protesters outside of Chuck Schumer's home chanting, if mm-hmm. Chuck won't let us dream, we won't let him sleep. Dreamers giving you nightmares now, Chuck. They were banging drums, five-gallon buckets. Say it loud, say it clear. Immigrants are welcome here. I mean, they stormed his house in New York City. I. It, <laughs> He's got to be thinking, oh, man, I can't even imagine what's going through his mind. He must be steamed, steamed. He got outwitted. He got outflanked. And now he's got to deal with all of these dreamers who are demanding, demanding. And I think that's the other thing that's very off-putting to Americans. No, we don't We don't want to be mean. We don't want to be cruel. But Damn it all. Put your Mexican flags away and start acting like you love America. You know? Right. Right. I mean, this doesn't do them any any favors at all. And again, this whole game, this whole scenario, this whole one-act play is going to have to be recreated all over again February 8th. And what's he going to do now? Do nothing? Uh, that's that's my question. What is he going to do? 
He's really got himself in a box. No, he doesn't. Yep. He's got himself in a box. And 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 Does Nancy he, Pelosi. If he doesn't do it again, what is he going to say? Well, I don't care as much today, February eighth, as I did January nineteenth. I really cared about you on the nineteenth. I loved you to pieces on the nineteenth. I threw yeah. my body in front of the train on the nineteenth. Don't love you so much on the eighth. Yeah. Uh, because I can't get yeah. you anything. I don't. I yeah. don't know what he does. Well, and then it, it, that bill, okay, the, the the bill that's going to come up, that Trump promised that there would, you know, be a bill, or Mitch McConnell did, um, they're going to be debating that. That's going to be another Donnybrook. That's going to be another right. horror show. Right. Immigration bills, the last one they did successfully, well, I believe it was 1986 or 89. Well, they tried they be- to do... I was just going to ask you, will they be bringing that bill up before they vote on the CR or the budget or after? Potentially. Potentially. Before? They promised to do it before the March deadline. They so don't have much time. The next handful of weeks. No, they don't. And they don't have Mm-mm. a bill. That, that's, the, uh, that's the phenomenal thing. What Senator Schumer seemed to be saying to the president is, well, we want you to sign this bill. We want you to make sure this bill gets in place. And it, it, there's, there's, there's nothing on paper. There's, there's no bill. Can't, there's <laughs> yeah. no bill. Yeah, and that yeah. was said over and over and over on all the talk shows. There is no bill. It's a concept. It's a concept. There's no, there, there's no bill written. And then a, are you going to skip committee work? That's okay. A lot of times they do. We've seen them do that many, many times. We can complain about it, but we've seen it, seen them do it many, many times. And then how are you going to get it on the Senate floor? How are you going to get it passed? It takes 60 votes to pass anything. Do you have 60 mm. votes for this? Mm-mm. If Mm-mm. not, did you just was this just an exercise in a couple of days' debate, and now you're right back to where you were before? And you've got the president mm-hmm. saying, I told you I'm going to end this program. At the end of March, or I can't remember if it's the beginning of March or the end of March, March, it's sometime in March. So what, what are you ha- going to do now? Yeah, and what happens if he does end the program because they're stalemated in Congress? What happens to these DACA dreamers? In theory, they, uh, the ICE folks and the law enforcement can arrest them and, and potentially deport them. Hmm. Unless they can come up with with the in the immigration department, their own regulations. But the, uh, you know, honestly, we don't want them writing their own regulations. That's how these kids got postponed as to what was supposed to happen to them before. The president has taken, or the former president, President Obama, took so many of these regulations, rewrote them, and basically wrote legislation through agency heads. We don't want that, Andrea. We have a representative mm-hmm. government, like it or not. Our members of the House and the Senate are supposed to be writing this stuff. Right, right. So they really do need to figure out what do you do with these now adult children? What is the mm-hmm. recommendation of our members of the House, of our members of the Senate, of our immigration committees and our subcommittees? they bound to have ideas. They're going yeah. to have to figure it out because the president yep. is going to have to do something. He can keep yep. kicking the can down the road. Does he kick the can down the road and say, hey, in November, elect people that are going to make decisions? Maybe that's yeah. what he has to do. You, Maybe. You know, another thing that happened with this shutdown, Andrea, is what, what you and I have talked about, and I was quite surprised that it took as long as it did, but finally the rank of the Democratic Party fell apart because you had five 
Democratic uh, senators vote against what Chuck Schumer wanted to begin debating on the um, CR. It was led by Joe Manchin. Senator Jones, the new senator from Alabama, was Mm -hmm. one that said, I'm not following Chuck Schumer over a cliff. Claire McCaskill, I'm not following Chuck Schumer over a cliff. There were five of them. And that Mm. was getting bigger and bigger and bigger by the day. So, honestly, Chuck Schumer had no choice but to throw in the towel on Monday. Because that vote Monday night, he was going to lose. And these are the same people that are saying, you got to do something different February 8th, because I'm not following you off a cliff again. And again, it's led by the likes of Joe Manchin, the Democratic senator from West Virginia, who's in a very, very, very red state. Let me tell you and something he, else that happened in West Virginia last Thursday that's gonna, that has gotten his attention, and it may get his attention to help the Republican Party even more. The drugs are in his state resigned, and that's important because opioid epidemic in West Virginia, West Virginia is now the opioid epidemic capital of the United States. More people oh overdose from opioid um, overdoses from drugs mm-hmm. than any other part of the country. It is epic proportions in that state. So wow. they had they had put together a drug czar for the state, and they had start putting task force. And for reasons I don't remember, that person up and resigned out of the blue last Thursday. So he, his state is now sort of plundering back into that whole muck and mire of of just. Horrible, horrible deaths, horrible family tragedies every night, every day on the news. So he's spiraling downward. He's not yeah. going to then continue to walk the plank with Chuck no. Schumer, who's no. walking him off cliffs. Yeah, and he announced today that he's running for re-election. I heard that today, that Manchin has announced it. He's running for re-election. So not, he, no word about he's in a tough position. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a band of merry men and women now, Joe Manchin does, under his wing, that are going to be pushing Schumer in a different direction, completely Mm -hmm. different direction. And it's going to be, don't have me vote, or don't expect me to vote for another government shutdown come February 8th on some boneheaded thing that you don't have an end end game plan for. Because I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. And wow. I believe by February 8th, they're going to be eight or nine of them. And if you remember, we're at the, the Senate Republicans are at 51. It's really 50 because I don't believe Senator McCain is probably going to return. So they right. need 10, 10 right. Senate Democrats. Oh, at least 10. because Rand Paul, Rand Paul says he's not voting for it again. He absolutely is not going to vote for it. He he didn't vote for it this time. He's not going to vote for it again. He he just he absolutely believes that it's the wrong thing to do. Keep continuing with with CRs. He wants to see a 12 bill appropriations budget and vote on each of these 12 eight you know 12 agencies. I mean that's a wonderful wonderful concept. I love the concept. I'm with it 100. percent And guess what the House of Representatives did. They did all 12 of those bills, one right after the other. Boom, yeah, boom, I know. boom, boom. And they yep. come to the Senate, and Chuck Schumer stops them. Yep, yep. So that, that that's a wonderful idea, Senator Paul. I love the idea, 
but it's not viable right now. It mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. not viable. It's not an option. This is the only option to keep the federal government open right now. Unless, unless Mitch McConnell uh, in, in, invokes the nuclear option. And 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 Trump is pushing for that. I mean, he's I, I don't he says he's pushing for it. He tweets about it. Time to you know enact the uh, nuclear option. Fifty-one vote majority to get this budget passed. To get all. In other words, Trump wants this done because it's it's his agenda, and it's not going right. to get done this way. So come on, Mitch. You know, do it. Just do it. So I don't know. I mean, do you think that it will happen? Oh no 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 no. I think Mitch McConnell would resign before that happens. It's amazing what happens to possibility. (laughs) It's amazing what happens to senators when they go from a United States senator to a leadership position. The weight of the traditions, and they're not just traditions. The weight of the function of the Senate all all of a sudden becomes much more important than it ever did when you are Rand Paul or another senator from the, a, a state. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You have to look at the history and the reason why the minority needs rights and the reason why, in my view, invoking the nuclear option would ruin the entire legislative branch of our, of our government, completely mm-hmm. ruin it. You would end up with literally ping-pong matches if you want to talk about legislative initiatives. Passing, failing. Passing, failing. Passing, mm-hmm. failing. We, yeah. uh, we, uh, our country would implode. You can't have a health care bill, not a health care bill. A health care bill, not a health care bill. Let's have a tax bill. Let's undo, undo the tax bill. You'd be undoing stuff in theory every two years, and that's yeah. not an exaggeration. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the reason I say that is uh, let's just look at the next two cycles in the United States Senate. The election cycle right now in November has 25 Senate Democrats up for re-election. Eight of those, uh, eight uh, additional ones, are Republicans up for Mm re-election. The flip side is in 2020, I think it's 22 Senate Republicans up for re-election. And 11 or 12 Democrats. I wish I pulled that up earlier to actually get, but that's pretty close. So mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. both part, if, if the Democratic Party does well this time, then it's going to be the Democrats that are uh, controlling the Senate. Yeah, and then yeah. In two years, it, it, you'd literally either yeah. you'd be doing nothing or you'd be undoing pieces of mm-hmm. legislation over and over and over and yeah. over. Agencies can't run that way. Yeah, yeah, it's too easy, too, too easy. Right, so either you've got a president that does nothing but veto and therefore gets nothing done, you need the minority to have rights because you need to engage them in some way. This, What's happening with Joe Manchin, what's happening with Claire McCaskill, what's happening with Joe Donnelly in Indiana, you know, the five or six or eight that we've been talking about and thinking they would mm-hmm. start – getting a coalition together to do something. They call themselves the Common Sense Coalition, by the way. They are now figuring out, if I do walk across the aisle and talk to the Republicans and get a few things that I might want in a bill or two, I can matter. 
I can make some policy that will help my state. Hey, I'm Joe Manchin. Maybe I can get some opioid relief money for my state if I walk across the aisle and talk to them. If they don't need them for anything, think about it. If you did the nuclear option, Mitch McConnell would never even have to call on Mitch, uh, Joe Manchin for a thing. He could pass yeah, everything by true. his majority, right? Yeah, yeah. He could have pass yeah. everything by his majority. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. It, it, honestly, as appealing as it sounds, as frustrating as as our government can be, there's a reason for minority um, rights, and and in this case, this would be the worst time to do it. Although timing wise, it may look like it's the best time. It is literally the worst time. What's mm. happening now? And, and and with the likes of Senator Manchin of West Virginia and Joe Donnelly of Indiana and those that I've been talking about is what's supposed to happen when when the minority does have some rights. They have some street cred right now. They have mm-hmm. some value. They have mm. some value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I get what you're saying. Let's see if they use it. Yeah. yeah, let's see if they use it. Let's see they're if gonna they have use to, it. They're going to have to stand up to their leadership. They're going to have to stand up to Schumer and say, you know, well, I'm not doing it. that is a good it. thing. That is yes. a good thing. They are wresting yes. away from their leadership the yeah. extreme wing of their party that is hijacked. Yeah. Isn't yes. that a good thing? Doesn't yes, it that is. allow that voice, albeit it's, it's in the hands of six or eight senators, but it's allowing that voice of six or eight Democratic senators to try to calm the waters on the Democratic side. Not that I'm in the business of solving Democrat problems, but do you see what it's doing? It's the reality, it, it, yeah. yeah. It is the reality. It well, is and here's the, the reality. If, that, if the Democrat Party is going to survive, they've got to do that. They've got right. to, they've got to come and move more toward the middle, more toward the center, and get away from these nut jobs that have hijacked the party to the extent where it, 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 I honestly I don't know how many of them are going to get reelected. Right, and you know that sound may be music to our ears, and in some scenarios it's a beautiful music to my ears. But I, I, you don't want the Democratic Party to completely implode so that it doesn't exist. That leaves a Republican Party with no checks and balances. Mm-hmm. We become mm-hmm. fat, dumb, and happy, lazy, mm-hmm. and that's just yep. dangerous. That is yep. just dangerous. We yep. need them to push and prod and poke and. Mm-hmm. And keep us on our toes. So you do want a mm-hmm. two-party system, maybe even yeah. a three-party system, but you want at least a two-party system. So again, I, I think it'll be interesting come come the next couple of weeks to watch the chutzpah, to watch the street cred that yeah. Senator Manchin and the Common Sense mm-hmm. Coalition is, mm-hmm. is imposing on the Democratic leader Chuck Schumer. And let's mm-hmm. see if it does create a bill. To do something about the dreamers, to do something with them. I don't think they're ever going to be satisfied in Libya unless you give them full citizenship, the front of the line. Don't make them pay any kind of fine. Don't make them do anything. Just applaud them, give them a ticker tape parade, and make them right. citizens. Right, That's right, not right. No, 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 no. Short of that, mm-hmm. I don't know that they're ever going to be satisfied because mm-hmm. the Democrats have said over and over again, we'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. We'll solve this mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. We're our, we, we are your heroes. We are the guys and gals, and we're going to ride in on the white horse and take care of this for you. They, they've made the expectations unattainable. Yeah, 
Well, and and no no matter what happens, okay, no matter what what the vote is, no matter what the determination is um, that, that addresses this very very difficult situation with the the DACA situation. Uh, the Democrats are going to get credit credit for it anyway because of the media. The media is going to play it and spin it that the Democrats saved the day again. And you mm-hmm. know that they that they want and and see this is the other thing that just rankles me and many other people is, is that we know that they're using them. The Democrats are using them for their votes. Exactly. You know, they're exactly. they're losing the black vote. They're losing their their usual base because they've gone so far to the left. So they have to import votes. Mm-hmm. What, you exactly. know. What, so and 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 how many of these dreamers have voted? You know, I bet a lot of them have voted because you don't have voter ID in so many of these states, and you've got states right. that protect them. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Sanctuary states. Right. I guess that um, uh, uh, Trump, the um, Attorney General uh, Jeff Sessions, has said they're they're going to start going after these sanctuary states. And and right. Xavier Becerra in um, in California. Oh boy, I'll tell you, George Webb has been talking about what this guy's involved with. This guy's knee deep in uranium. Um, he's um, he's he's suing Trump. <laughs> he's suing Trump. Oh my gosh! I, you know, for, yeah, for the oh, it's just. It, it, this yeah. is new territory because obviously we've never had our Justice Department say that they're going to start arresting state officials that mm-hmm. are not enforcing the law. Yeah. I don't I I I I I obviously this these this is growing pains. These are this is a territory that our country mm-hmm. has never this is a direction we've never gone. Um I don't know if that will create chaos within states. Will it will it sort of breathe a sigh of relief? For residents in those states, well, they literally sort of say, "Well, it's about time our mm-hmm. state government had gone so out of out of touch with the safety of our mm-hmm. residents. It's about time that the federal government yeah. rode in and saved the day." Or yeah. will there be riots in the streets? I don't yeah. know the answer to that because, again, we've never they, we've never gone to these lengths. But I, and I know yeah. the attorney general is being very, very, very careful on what lengths to go to and how to do this. I mean, he literally can't go into various major cities in California and start arresting mayors and, and police chiefs. I, I mean, that visual alone is, is too disturbing. It's, not I mean, not, to, I don't not mean to a disturb- lot of people. <laughs> I don't mean disturbing <laughs> to the eye. No, no, no. I don't mean disturbing to the eye, but it, it, it uh, I'm trying to put this in words. It, it breaks down the, uh, chain of authority too severely in my mind right away I, I don't I, in other words if you go into a major city in California and a, uh, uh, arrest the police chief put him in handcuffs or her maybe put her in mm-hmm. handcuffs and drag mm-hmm. her away who is going to police that major city is that going to call is that alone going to cause a riot from bad guys, well, that's, from bad guys that's- you, that's why you have a deputy chief of police. I mean, there's always no, no, somebody no, in the low. I understand. I understand. But are they prepared? Is this too much chaos? Oh, or oh I don't does, know. I don't does know. the attorney general say you have 45 days to start complying or this will happen? And in yeah. 30 days, I want to see your exit strategy. And in 25 yeah. days, I want to see the assistant 
or the deputy police chief, I want to see his or her plans on how this is going to roll out. When I drag the police chief's ass out of out of his office yep. or her office and yep. put him in a paddy wagon, you almost yep. have to walk them through yeah. How to make sure this doesn't cause riots? Well, and I think and again, you're going to have riots from bad guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you George Soros funded uh, uh, mobs, um, but you've got like uh, uh, this this Javier Becerra, California Attorney General, who used to be in mm-hmm. Congress. He right. said that he's warning employers in California of legal repercussions if they assist federal immigration officials in an impending crackdown in the sanctuary state. Yeah, yeah. Now there there I can see how the justice department can come in and and, and protect those employers. That's not necessarily dragging somebody off in handcuffs. That's mm-hmm. making sure that those those people's rights are taken care of because they mm-hmm. are enforcing the law. Mhm. Well, He's basically uh, saying, if you don't break the law like I want you to do, I am going to harm you. Yes, I, yes, that, exactly. That, that's exactly what he's saying. This I guy want needs you to break to be the law, and off. if you don't, you're in trouble. Yeah, well, he needs to be. He needs to be taken out in cuffs. This Becerra, right. he's the attorney general. I mean, th- this is felonious what he's doing. Oh, I know. Right, right, right. So I, I say all of that to say, it, while it sounds good on paper that the attorney general is trying to, he, it, it's a lot of paper. There's going to be a lot of paper and a lot of steps and a lot of scenarios to keep sort of mob rule from from mm-hmm. overcoming these major cities. Mm-hmm. And and that is not to the betterment of the of the citizens of those cities and states. That, albeit their state legislature, their state government are letting them down, it doesn't mean that the federal government acts in such a way that puts them in jeopardy also. So it's a lot It's a lot for the Attorney General because we've never been here before. No. These, are, these are steps and scenarios. This, these are places that our federal government has never, ever gone. You know, and like you said, it's growing pains because it's like the, the, the Leviathan that is our federal government has has had to wake up. And mm-hmm. now they have to they have to take some some measure some movement and um, yeah it, they're not used to it they're not used to it no, they have to make some no, no, difficult no. decisions they, right and it's places they don't really want to go I don't want to see our federal government come down to Florida and start arresting police chiefs in Orlando Orlando's a sanctuary city. Disney. Mickey lives there. Minnie lives there. Donald Duck lives there. I know I'm being a little silly, but I, I do not want the police chief Orlando to be hauled off in, in handcuffs. In part because that's where De- Donald and Mickey live. You know I know, I know. But it's a huge I, I do. I do. But at the same time, sometimes, you know, when you get cancer, you've got to you've got to go in and you've got to take it out. And and, you know, you sometimes you take the good out with the bad. I see. That's my my view of it. I don't I'm not I don't know. I don't I'm not worried about the optics. I'm truly not worried about the optics. If 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 somebody is like this Becerra is is violating federal law and he is he's violating federal law and he and and he's threatening those who won't violate it with him he mm-hmm. needs to no, be taken out that's the over, exactly that's the over the top that just seems just way over the top yeah, now, yeah. A, a good resolution to this might be those in those states where you have law abiding um attorneys general 
i.e. Pam Bondi in the state of Florida, have her mm-hmm. go down to Orlando and arrest the police chief. That wouldn't bother me one bit. Mm-hmm. That's our put the top pr- put police officer in yeah. our state, making yeah. sure that our state stays, stays yeah. safe for our residents of our state. And That's that different assumes... than the federal government coming to me. Right. And I, this is right. a little bit about states' rights, and I don't like the sure. big arm, arm sure. of the federal. But what do you do in California when the top policeman in California is the guy? Exactly. Exactly. Well, then you there, send in there the feds. You, right. You have you to send, send in the feds. feds. You're right. Yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, and and use him as an example, and and everybody else like Kamala Harris in in the Senate. You know, if she if she protests about it and she tries to pass legislation to protect, take her out too. You know, I mean, right. these right. they need to be made an example of. You you can't right. you can't and break the law. Right, we can't again, because these. <laughs> right, we can't. You're right. That's exactly right. We can't. We can't, so nobody should be able to. But again, right. because the, we've never done this, we need they, the, the attorney general's office needs to do this as thoroughly and as mm-hmm. fairly as they can, because mm-hmm. it will be the precedent for doing a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll be used well, as the precedent for the agriculture department to go in and do some nefarious something something to somebody, and the energy department. And I worry. Mm-hmm. I just worry. I, that isn't to say I don't think it should be done. Something needs to be done for the state people in, in California that are literally scared. I have friends in Orlando that say Orlando is not the city it was even five years ago. There are more mm-hmm. murders in Orlando, and they're getting mm-hmm. gruesome, and it's oh, getting horrible. Oh. And again, let's go back to that's where Mickey and Minnie live. Do we want yeah. that to get out? No, it, it's no. sort of a Florida secret right now that Orlando is not, you know, the the motherhood and apple pie and Chevrolet town that it professes to be because no, of Disney. not at all. It, My phone, isn't. I get alerts. I have, I, I, I'm signed up for some local TV stations out of Orlando and, and here locally, and I get alerts at least every day of, of a shooting in Orlando. Right. There was, there was right. an alert that came. Two, two kids were shot to death. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. There are it's parts bad. of Orlando that I would never go to. And, and right. you're right. And that I was mean, not it was true five, six, eight years ago. It no, just wasn't. No, no, no. But that's what happens. You, 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 you let you let the wrong people in. But anyway, so okay. Looking at the time here, I want to ask you also: What can we expect to see in this next week? We've got the president going to Davos. That ought to be very interesting. I understand he's going to be speaking on Friday, and um, Wilbur Ross is already there, the uh, Secretary of Commerce, and he was on. I watched a couple of videos of him. God, that man is just so smart and so mm-hmm. down to earth and so calm. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. you know, he just lays it out there he's great he's just great so i think it's going to be interesting to see what happens are you going to be watching to see how this all plays I out i will and i think some of it will make its way into the state of the union next week we'll have the state of the union address mm. next week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some people are saying oh i wish that he would reveal the four-page memo at the state of the union i don't oh, think it's going to happen be- Oh, but not. I mean, no. it doesn't mean he can't reference it. Doesn't mean he can't mm-hmm. remind the American people that it's out mm-hmm. there and, and we deserve to see it. Kind of statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know who I've been impressed with this week has been Ron Johnson. Remember you and I went to that um, seminar, that conference, and you sat in on one of his um, presentations, and you came out of there, and you were just so impressed with him. You said, man, he, he, was, he was talking about things that people just didn't want to hear. And this was a conservative conference. But yes. you said he yes. was telling it, was it run like by it Freedom is. Works, if I remember. Yes, and he was letting people know in in hard facts that it, you know life is not as good as it seems to be. It's harder to get things done as a conservative. This is why it's harder. Um, but let's buck up, roll up our sleeves, and we can get to, get it done. And mm-hmm. if you remember, in the next room, the next hour, we listened to. Ted Cruz talk about pie in the sky and all these things that <laughs> he was going to get done. And if you, you weren't a good Republican, if you didn't get them done with them. And yeah. I remember shaking you and I shaking our heads going, well, they're not even possible to get done. So who, who was the more reality person yeah. here? Yeah. But anyway, Ron yeah. Johnson has, I, I think he's now, he had some issues with some staff the first time around. He struggled mm-hmm. with with some staff in, in 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 big ways, keeping good serious staff. I think he's finally got a good team around him, and that's important for members of Congress. Mm. Uh, and that helps him sort of hone his message and get some of these in intelligence reports, as you you're alluding to, that maybe he's getting from some of these mm-hmm. good people on the internet, and him become a good spokesman for him. I think yeah. that's all wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he 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 comes across as very honest, and I don't know if it's just you know his his face. I mean, he just like when he was being interviewed this week about um, all all of you know finding out about uh, you know the, the secret meetings, and, and and he was just, I mean, he was vibrating. He was absolutely vibrating, uh, you know, at first, and and I just thought, you know, this man is telling the truth. This man is talking from his heart. He's not a he's politician. A right. right. He's a businessman. He's a businessman. Yep. He's used to dealing with the public. He's used to just plain old ordinary stuff. Yeah. And this yep. blows his mind. But that's our reaction. Typically, that's our reaction. We're yeah. offended. Our minds are blown. I can't imagine this is happening in my country with my government that I put oh, trust I in. Yeah, he gives yep. you that. He gives you that same feeling that we're having, and that there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely mm-hmm. nothing it's wrong real. with that. It's actually kind of comforting. Yep, yep. I agree. It's comforting. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens. So, so this next week, uh, let's see what's on the docket for this week with the Senate and the House. You know, they're going through nominations this week, basically finishing it up. And behind the scenes, they're supposedly trying to figure out how. What they're going to do and how they're going to deal with this bill. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing is nothing has come out. Monday, the president said he was going to put out some documents and paperwork on what he wanted to see the bill look like. So we'll see if that matches up at all with what the uh, Senate is trying to put together and and try to get done before the February eighth deadline. Now this is uh, the the House has already submitted their bill, so. The, the house they is have done. An idea of what yes, they have an idea. Not the DACA bill. No, they have not. Oh no, no. Okay, I thought you were talking about the budget. Okay, no, sorry, the CR. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm yeah. I'm talking about what they're going to do with the Dreamers. That okay. issue. 
So the president okay. said on Monday he's going to put out some of the top his top priorities. In the meantime, uh-huh. what's happening behind the scenes also is the infrastructure bill is starting to be put together. That's the next big thing. Once you get past the funding of the federal government, the next thing mm-hmm. is going to be the infrastructure bill. The president mm-hmm. has put outlines out that he wants it to cost $200 billion for the federal government, $800 mm-hmm. billion for the states. Now, you've wow. got governors that are starting to literally start freaking over that figure, $800 billion. Now, of course, the president's going to tell these governors, you know, start doing toll roads, start figuring out how to how to make the money, you just start being businessmen, and I think he's going to try to teach some of these governors how to do uh, sort of the art of the deal kind of stuff. Yeah, that yeah. That would be very interesting because, you know, we have so many governors up for re-election this time around, and the, and the number of Republican governors is in the 20s. So you got yeah. a lot of nervous Nellies when it comes to that. So we'll have to yeah. see how that plays out. But that's really yeah. more in the March April time frame. It's gonna be interesting. Gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. I, I'm yep. not, there's not. There's been not been a day that I've been bored. <laughs> how about you? <laughs> no, I agree. Absolutely not. And then, <laughs> I, as I said, once the State of the Union happens next week, then they're gonna really start getting into the minutia of what is February yeah. 8th gonna look like. What's the DACA yeah. bill gonna look like? How is it all going to play out? And Schumer's going to have to relive over and over and over and over again <laughs> his missteps the first time around because people are going to go, now what are you going to do? Oh, it's going to be Groundhog Day for Schumer. <laughs> right. And, you know, think about this for one minute. The, you know, the media says over and over and over again to Schumer, now what are you going to do? A, he can't really answer them because why is mm-hmm. he going to tell everybody his strategy right then? So he's going to have right. to sort of dance on the head of the pin for many, many, many days. And then I believe his answer is never going to be a great answer because he's left himself not in a position where he can't get out of this very well. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not yeah. going to be able to get out of the whole scenario very well. No. He'll be able yeah. to get out of it. He'll figure a way, but it will be – he'll limp out of it, and I don't know if the <laughs> dreamers will be banging drums outside his door for the rest of the year. Because it's certainly, I don't think, going to satisfy them. Well, that would be just, wouldn't it? That would be just yeah. just desserts. It would be great. Just keep banging on those yep. drums. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and in the meantime, we've got our, our common sense coalition led by Joe Manchin and some other Democrats mm-hmm. that we can watch and see mm-hmm. how much they're able to push the Democratic Party mm-hmm. to cooperate more with mm-hmm. the Republicans. <laughs> Yeah. Have you heard about Susan Collins and her talking stick? Her talking (laughs) stick? Her talking stick. Well, evidently, Susan Collins had a meeting in her office and um, uh, to get some people together to uh, they were. Going over a bill, I can't remember what it was about, but it was pretty contentious. So she handed, she she brought out this stick, and she said, "This is a talking stick." And she said, "Whoever's holding the stick gets to talk." Gets to and talk. Then the, yeah, and then the next person who wants to talk, you hand them the stick. And in other words, nobody can talk uh, un, until the person with the stick is through talking. Well, yeah, no, I know the Indians did that. I've seen it done before where, you know, they're sitting in the teepee and they've got the talking stick. And, you know, this is a way that the chief settles things amongst the, you know, the the squaws or whatever, the the, the other Indians. So anyway, what happened was... um, Somebody got a little a little uh, exerted, let's just say, who had the talking <laughs> stick, and he went to toss it 
to somebody else across the room, and it ended up hitting something, a glass elephant that knickknack that she had on a shelf in her office, knocked it down and chipped the elephant. So at that point, she said, okay, enough with the talking stick. We're going to use a ball instead. <laughs> Hopefully a Nerf ball so it doesn't, they don't yeah. hurt each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my. Susan Collins and her talking stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, that is funny. I, I, is it any funnier, really, than Elizabeth uh, Warren? I mean, she's getting she's getting pilloried over her, um, uh, you know, claiming that she's part Indian. Now they're saying, mm-hmm. they, the Indians are saying, we want paperwork. <laughs> we want you to prove it. Well, and of course she doesn't have any. I, I think they've already no. pretty much proved that. that yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. 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 And uh, I guess Trump will keep referring to her as Pocahontas, which sort of gives me a Oh chuckle. yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, it's it's wonderful the names that he's coming out with. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. it, it. Like I said, I've not been bored for one day. This has been this has been quite a ride, and we're and we're only one year into it. <laughs> Exactly, and I can see us honestly having plenty to talk about between now and at least the summer. By the summer, I think it'll calm down because you'll get into that election mode where they'll just do exactly only what they have to do because they're going to be in election mode, and you've got that many Senate Democrats trying to come back after November. They're going to be wanting to be home as much as possible. And they're walking a very, very fine line. They really yes, are, they unless um, unless yep. they're in true blue states like some of these, you know, that, uh, yeah, I mean, they could, we could end up with a good-sized majority, I'm hoping. Maybe I'm being optimistic, yeah. but I'd like to see us get to at least 54. All right, that would be nice. A, a much more comfort level than obviously where they are now, which is oh, the, uh, the, the worst. Yeah. I mean, Mitch McConnell has the worst majority possible. Yeah. yeah uh, the only thing yeah. he's got it is really in name only. Yeah, in name only. Yeah, because it's not a working majority. No, and Mike Pence had to go in and and break the tie again. There was something that came up. I think it was today or yesterday. So uh, yeah, and this is the second time he's, gonna, he's had to do it, and which is he'll earn I guess pay. that's historic. Yeah, that's historic. Yeah. So, all right, yes, Elizabeth. Well, listen, pay. it it's been interesting as always. Yes, and I think you yeah. say, oh, and you're sweet, and I think it will continue to be. So thank you again, and I look forward to doing this on Wednesdays. And hey, everybody, have a have a great rest of your week. Oh, thanks, Elizabeth. You too. You too. Enjoy it. Okay. We'll talk with you again next Wednesday. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. All right. Thanks. Bye. And there she goes, our friend Elizabeth Christ with Congress College. And um, all right, so that just about wraps it up for us for tonight. Like I said, last night I was just tossing and turning all night long. I think tonight I'm probably going to hit the sack and just go right out like a light. I'm hoping. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's just so much. Anyway, I'm going to leave you now and uh, – say uh, thank you again for being with me tonight. Thanks to Elizabeth for being with us. And uh, pray for our president who's heading to Davos. I think he's leaving tonight. Flying out there, bringing uh, Sarah Sanders and his and his team with him to Davos. So we'll be watching for that. Boy, it's beautiful there. <laughs> I was watching uh, an interview that was being done with um, 
Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, and the background was just beautiful. Big, big trees with lots of snow on them. Very, very pretty. So, all right. So we'll see you back here again tomorrow night. And thank you again. God bless you all. God bless America. And don't forget to say your prayers. Good night, everybody. Remember this song? <laughs> Just in turn. I couldn't sleep at all last night. It's on the floor. Now that was like in full.